أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well and uh, welcome to another episode of the Tafsir of Dua Kumail podcast so in the previous episode we were uh, talking about this concept of how uh, Imam Ali is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he doesn't send down punishments immediately uh, when he disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or, of course, we, we've mentioned this before, that uh, these lines where we talk about disobeying God, of course, when it comes to Imam Ali, it doesn't mean the normal disobedience um, that we have. And we have multiple ahadith about that as well. Nonetheless, he's saying when the human being, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I should say, that when we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we pray that he doesn't send down punishment immediately. Even though when we do something wrong, we are immediately worthy of that punishment, but he's asking that he doesn't immediately do that, that he gives him time to repent and to uh, you know, correct his path, essentially. We were talking about this concept. We also mentioned that this is a mindset and a, uh, an understanding that some people have. That as long as the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not been sent down, that means he's fine with things. Right? That's normally how we go about things. And to give you an example to clarify that a little bit more and just see how prevalent it actually is, a lot of times you will see, for example, people, when something bad happens in their life, they will immediately start to observe their actions. They will immediately start to scrutinize, actually, their actions and see if there's something wrong that they've been doing, right? But now the same person might do something that is absolutely haram, but just because there is no punishment sent from God, just because, for example, they didn't get into an accident, just because, you know, something weird didn't happen, they will never take the time to observe their actions, right? And say, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. So this mindset is actually a mindset that we find quite a bit in our culture and in our communities. Right. Uh, a lot of times you might think whether something is haram or not, or I might think whether something is haram or not. And what comes to our mind is, well, I, you know, I know a lot of people who do this and their life seems to be very fine. Well, that's not the criteria, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he may not send down punishment. He may not ruin someone's life uh, when someone does something haram. This was the mindset of the people that some of the previous prophets had to deal with. We went through the example of Prophet Nuh in particular, and we mentioned that when he was dealing with his people, they used to tell him, listen, instead of telling us about this punishment that's going to come, why don't you just make this punishment come? If you make this punishment come, then this whole discussion, essentially, it will be over at this point, you know, because we'll see the punishment. So essentially, their approach was, let's just do a bunch of wrong things. And if God punish us, then punishes us, then we know it's real. Well, the problem with that is when God punishes you, you will no longer be alive. You will never have a chance to make amends for the wrong things that you've done. Nonetheless, I want to go through a excerpt of uh, Dua Abi Hamza Thumali, which is a dua that we recite uh, around the month of Ramadan, and, uh, rather in the month of Ramadan quite a bit. And it's very beautiful because this, uh, and I'm just going to go through a couple of lines because the dua is very long itself. But he talks about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, instead of punishing someone immediately for the wrongdoings that they've had, he continues to give them time and time, right? 
and he continues to act as if that person has not done this haram thing just because of how kind he is just because of how forgiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so I want to start from here it's there's a part of the dua where he starts speaking in this manner he says wa ana al I'm the one who was little and you made me more wal mustad'afu alladhi nasarta I'm the weak one that you assisted wa ana taridu alladhi awayta I was the lost one that you gave shelter to and it continues up until this line he says ana alladhi asaytu jabbara as-sama I'm the one who disobeyed the one who's powerful in the heavens Right? He's saying, I'm the one who disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَنَا الَّذِي أُعْتِيدُ عَلَى مَعَاصِ الْجَلِيلِ الرُّشَى I was the one who was bribed into doing these different, uh, you know, these different sins. أَنَا الَّذِي This is the beautiful line of it. أَنَا الَّذِي حِينَ بُشِّرْتُ بِهَا خَرَجْتُ إِلَيْهَا أَسْعَى I'm the one who, when people would come and tell me of something that was haram, right? I would get happy. And I would rush towards it, you know, like, for example, someone, you know, um, you know, someone calls and says or gives you the news that, yeah, we're going to have this gathering somewhere. It's a haram gathering, right? He says, I was such a bad servant for you that when I would hear of this haram gathering, instead of being doubtful about attending or whatnot, I would run towards it. I would rush towards it. Now, here's the line that has to do with this concept that we're talking about. أَنَا الَّذِي أَمْهَلْتَنِي فَمَرْعَوَيْتِ I'm the one who you kept giving me time, but I was not even considerate of you. Like Even though you kept giving me time for me to get my act together, I continued to disobey you. And you continued to cover my sins, but I continued to not feel embarrassed. Right? I continued to feel very bold about what I was doing. وَعَمِلْتُ بِالْمَعَاسِ فَتَعَدَّيْتِ right? I went across, cro I crossed your red lines multiple times. وَأَسْقَدْتَنِي مِنْ عَيْنِكَ فَمَا بَالَيْتِ I started to lose my value in your eyes. And one of the ways that someone loses their value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the hadith tells us this, is that when they speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they do ibadah, they no longer feel the sweetness of ibadah. Now, I want to I want to just mention this real quick that that's not that doesn't mean that if you pray once and you don't feel the sweetness then you don't you know you don't have any value in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that's not what that means but if someone was feeling that before right and then they start to feel less of that over time and consistently that's a sign that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not pleased with them. فَبِحِلْمِكَ أَمْهَلْتَنِي with your patience you gave me more time وَبِسِتْرِكَ سَتَرْتَنِي and you continue continued to conceal my sins as if you're not even aware of me it's very beautiful right you know sometimes parents they will see that their children are doing something wrong but they are so patient and they are so kind they will act as if they don't even know they will act as if they're completely ignoring what's happening right right, right in their own house right because of their kindness وَمِنْ عُقُوبَاتِ الْمَعَاسِ جَنَّبْتَنِي حَتَّى كَأَنَّكَ إِسْتَحْيَيْتَنِي And you protected me from the consequences of these sins so much to a point, it came to a point where it looked as if you're embarrassed of me. You know, like sometimes uh, it reaches a point where someone is so messed up, they've done so many wrong things, right? If you're a good person, 
you feel embarrassed to even sit with that person. You feel embarrassed to be even around that person. This line of Abi Hamza Thumali, the du'a of Abi Hamza Thumali is saying, you concealed these, these sins and the consequences of these sins so much as if you were the one who was supposed to be embarrassed, as if you were the one who was embarrassed to show up. Right? So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuing over and over to give us time. And the one who is mature and the one who's smart will understand this before the punishment comes, that he will take advantage of this time that he has and he will very quickly try to correct his path. Going back to the du'a, I want to continue with the phrase of, of the du'a. We went through this. I hope that my continuous ignorance has not made this situation such that you know you will hurry to punish me. This issue of ignorance is a very serious issue. In the verses of the Quran, um, we know that any type of sin that somebody commits, it really comes, it's really a form of their ignorance. And this ignorance is there throughout the life of the human being. But naturally, as the human being ages, as the human being matures from a from an age perspective, this ignorance is supposed to normally, it's supposed to go down. Now it doesn't doesn't always happen like that. We've all come across elder people who are very ignorant still in terms of their behavior. Right? But normally that is uh, what happens, right? But just imagine this du'a is saying, I hope that this dawam jahalati, this continuous ignorance of mine, right, will not push you to a point that you punish me. Now, one of the things that we can take away from this line of the du'a, one of the lessons that we can learn from this line of the du'a is just to take a step back and to understand that for years and years we have been showing this ignorance when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He continuously, for years and years, He has been forgiving us and He has been, you know, acting patience with, patient with us. This is something to take away with us in our day-to-day -day lives. We will have people around us at all times, really, who for years and years, they will act ignorant. For years and years, they will show signs of ignorance, immaturity in their behavior. Are you willing to forgive them? If they actually do want to change things, if they want to make amends, are you willing to sit down with them and say, you know what, I know you acted in this way, but I will stay, I'll, I, I will accept your apology. And if there's a moment in your heart where you hesitate about that, and by the way, most of the people we deal with, usually they're not the type that will, you know, they will act ignorantly with us for, you know, 20 years. Usually it might be like, you know, a year, two years, whatever. But sometimes we do come across people who, you know, they've been acting very immaturely with us for 10, 15 years. That's, that might be possible as well, right? But regardless, if there's ever a doubt in your mind, like, should I forgive this person? This is where you should remind yourself of this line of the dua. Because here you are, and here I am, saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, continuously my tafrit, my negligence, and my jahalat has been there, and I still want you to be patient with me. So how come we can't be patient like this with other servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How come we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things, but then we don't expect ourselves to act like that, right? We need to take that into consideration. No, there might be people who will be immature with us, who will show ignorance towards us for years and years. Well, here you go. You were doing the same thing your whole life. Now here you are, you have to, the same way you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness, you have to be willing 
to forgive others as well. وَكَثْرَةِ الشَّهَوَاتِ وَغَفْلَةِ And the, you know, the, the high number, the high amount, right, of my shahawat, my desires, وَغَفْلَةِ And my forgetfulness. Even though I know that this world is all going to end, and even though I know that, you know, death is near, still I have all of these shahawat, and still I have all of these desires, and you have been patient with me throughout this whole time. You have been patient with me so that I wake up and I can mature a little bit. Throughout this whole time that I've been forgetful, I've had qafla, and I have had shahawat. You know, shahawat in Arabic doesn't necessarily refer to anything that has to do with physical desires. That's It, it, it encompasses that, of course. But it has to do with all of the desires uh, that the human being uh, might have. Continuing with the du'a. وَكُنِ اللَّهُمَّ بِعِزَّتِكَ لِي فِي كُلِّ الْأَحْوَالِ رَؤُوفًا Ya Allah, I ask you that whenever you're dealing with me, in all of the different states that you might be dealing with me, that you have... Uh, essentially kindness towards me. Now it's interesting in this line, right, that he's saying, Ya Allah, be kind to me at all, in all situations, at all times. Usually we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be kind to us, specifically when it comes to, you know, things that we're doing wrong, right? Specifically to when it comes to when we make a mistake. This line, however, is going beyond that. It's saying, Ya Allah, you be kind to me in all of my states. Why is it like that? It's a longer discussion, but I want to just touch on it real quick before we move on. And that is that we, even when we're doing good things, even when we're doing the right things, still we have so many shortcomings. Even when we do right things, like we pray, for example, even when we pray, our prayer has so many holes in it. Our prayer has so many shortcomings in it. We still need the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we're doing good and when we're doing bad. We need it at all times. And this is mentioned in a very beautiful hadith of the Prophet. He says that everyone will enter into hell, into enter heaven. Essentially anyone who enters into heaven. He will enter into heaven through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's interesting that some of his companions who were there in his presence, they ask him, they said, Ya Rasulullah, you say everyone enters into heaven through God's mercy, not through their actions. What about you? Even you? says, yes, even me, I enter into heaven with the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need his mercy. We need him to be kind to us even when we're doing good. Right? There was a famous, there's a famous, uh, you know, story of one of the great scholars who's passed away. That near the end of his life, he was speaking. I'm not sure if he was speaking to some of his students or his son or his relatives. But essentially, during the last moments of his life, he said, you know what? Now that I've lived this long life, right, maybe 80 years, 90 years. And I've been, you know, naturally, he would have been a practicing person throughout this life, this lifetime. He says... Throughout this whole time that I've been worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now near the end of my life, I'm realizing that, um, you know, I actually have to repent for all of the acts of worship that I've done. Because all of these acts of worship that I did, that I performed, all of them had shortcomings. <laughs> and they had so many shortcomings, they were not even worthy of God. I need to repent from these aside from the fact that I have to repent from my sins, 
And this is what we find in the verses of the Quran as well. This is verse 21 from Surah An-Nur, right? It says, If it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ma zaka minkum min ahadin abada. Not one of you guys would have been able to be a good person. Not one of you guys would have been able to purify yourself. It's only through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're able to do this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who purifies us. Moving on. And I ask you to be gracious to me in all of my affairs. Very similar to the line that we just had. Ilahi wa Rabbi. Man li ghayruk as'aluhu kashfa dhurri wa nazara fi amri. Ya Allah. Who else do I have to go to? Very beautiful line. He's just showing how vulnerable he is. Saying, listen, I'm not speaking to you like the type of person who has different options, right? And just because I like you, I'm coming to you with, with my need. No, man li Who is there other than you for me? I have no one else to go to. As'aluhu kashfa I'm asking you to remove this affliction, this difficulty that I'm dealing with. Wa fi amri. And I'm asking you to take a look at my affairs. This line is beautiful because this is very similar to what we deal with in our day-to-day -day lives as well. He says, I'm just wanting you to take a look at my affairs. You know, like sometimes you might take your, your, you know, your case to a lawyer or a doctor, right? And if that lawyer or that doctor is super, super busy and they're really, really good at what they do, right? And because of that, they're really busy and they don't really have time for everybody. Essentially, they won't be able to take on too many cases, right? But if your case is really urgent, what do you tell that doctor? When you go to them with your case, you tell them, listen, I just want you to take a look at my case. <laughs> That's all I want. You know, if, if you could just take a, if you could just flip through my case, right? And just let me know what you think. This is essentially what this dua is asking here. I need you to take a look at my difficulty and, and, and the situation that I'm going through. So here we're going to end this episode. From the next episode, we'll continue from These lines are lines that uh, usually uh, we don't properly understand from the dua. So these lines are very important to understand. They're one of the, uh, you know, some of the lines of the dua that usually are a little bit more difficult uh, to understand that inshallah we will go through in the next episode